Okay, we're back with the Juvie Take. I'm Steve. I'm Adam. And it's just us and tell the people why, Adam. And it's just us because we're talking sports. We're going to talk sports. We're going to talk, you know, mostly basketball. Yep, it is that time of year. Basketball's really big right now. It's March. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but it, it is the overlapping time, you know, so... There's a lot of things going on. Right. You know, today was opening day with the Yankees. It's an exciting spark and, uh, time. You know, they're, we're, we're lucky we get to play their first, you know, series against Baltimore. And Baltimore, it's possible they may not win a game this year. Right. <laughs> they lost 115 games last year. But this was at home. Yeah. Okay. And, and so it, it's just exciting. You know, baseball gets going. You know, again, baseball's a marathon. Right. So many games. You know, so we're... How many games again? 162 games... <sighs> In the regular season. Jeez. And then the postseason is a couple yeah. months after that, you know, right? Okay, so yeah, we're we're talking the end of March, and, you know, the, the World Series is the end of October. Man. So, it... Uh, It'll take a toll on you. Yeah. Well, it's a long season. It's a lot of fun, but, you know, it's just, you know, the fact that that's going on, so, you, you know, you can watch a baseball game. Right. But basketball, of course, our teams... Right. Both are doing well yeah you know absolutely the the ducks and you know i I think there's been a couple times when we've talked about the ducks this year that you know it's just been a bizarre year it really has i mean there was been times where you know they didn't think that we were gonna make the nit being you know the tournament that you make if you don't make the ncaa maybe right um i remember there being years back when i was Growing up, where we didn't even qualify to make the NIT, which well, no, and and the way the team played for a lot of the year, we shouldn't go anywhere, right? No, we looked we looked bad on both ends of the floor. Yeah, we um, just we had some really horrible losses, and the team was incredibly inconsistent. You know, we'd play really great for a, you know a stretch, and then you know the the big thing that everybody talks about the two UCLA games, right? Uh, you know, we we hold UCLA to you know, what, 27 points in the first half, and then we give up 64 in the second half. Those aren't totally accurate numbers, but that's the idea. Exactly. You know, and they came back. We had a nice big lead. They came back and beat us. Well, I mean, there was a lot of factors that came into the inconsistencies throughout the season. Um, Injuries, I think, is the biggest factor, and that is for any team, you know, overcoming injuries is – something everyone has to go through but obviously when it came to the ducks um at the beginning of the year even before the season started you know somebody that's playing well for us right now lewis king who's a huge part of why we're winning and why we are where we are right now um in the sweet 16 is uh he was injured you know coming into the season and so he only almost had to get his legs underneath him and get into the flow of playing basketball again coming into the season you know where we had bowl bowl um obviously he got injured uh you know but then kenny wooten was out for almost seven games with his jaw um you know we've had we've seen some injuries to some key players that you know has made it so it's hard to find that chemistry and hard to find um, especially when it comes to our defense, because our defense is all about team chemistry. Yeah, the the Altman defense, you have to communicate. Yeah, you know it's 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 just it's it's five guys moving. You know it, it's it's a zone, it's a matchup zone, 
There's there's man to man components to it. It's constantly changing. Is it's evolving. It is, and that's you know, where and, that comes in. Exactly, and you know, I yes, I I think that injuries obviously played a big part in this year. Right. I think the other thing is the fact that you had four freshmen and a graduate transfer. Right. Come in, uh, Key Gab decided for whatever reason he was getting a lot of minutes to leave. Right. You know, so the guy, one of the guys from last year, one of our forwards in our yeah. You know, so so he leaves, and. Peyton Pritchard was not playing well. Right. And I don't know what he was thinking or why. All I know is he just wasn't playing well. He wasn't being aggressive. We weren't, you know, we had open outside shots and, you know, you'd catch it and ball fake. Right. And not shoot the ball. And there was just, there were so many things that were, were wrong with the team. Right. And the biggest thing to me was that they weren't listening to Altman. Right. And Altman, you know, I mean, I think he spoke a little bit on Peyton and how, you know, when Bull went down, the load that he put on himself, you know, we, we talked about that even between us about, well, all right, we need Peyton and we need Paul White, our two, you know, rocks uh, and leaders on the team now to step up. And neither of them did at the yeah. time. And that's what was really frustrating for us because we needed that. Um, but, you know, one thing that Altman spoke to was that Peyton did put a lot on his shoulders when that happened. And when someone tries to do too much, sometimes it, you know, it can be overwhelming and you start making wrong, wrong decisions. You know, I think that it seems like more now he can be within himself and just play as a team and, and, and almost relax and, and just play his game is what I'm seeing. You know, he's just become a little bit more, he slowed down a little bit and not trying to do too much, but as well oh. also being more aggressive, which is, you know, the okay, interesting thing. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I see it totally opposite. Well, I, I mean, slowing down your game and being aggressive are two different things. I mean, you, you can kind of see like, like a great player looks like the game just comes a little, you know, they're moving on at slow motion, but they're able to get to where they want to go. Or, right. Yeah. No, I understand that, but I didn't see him trying to do too much early. I, I found him... In a lot of games, you know, he would have five shots right. in a game or, or he just would disappear. And really what, you know, I didn't even say try to do too much, but, he, but that Altman said he put too much weight on his shoulders. I don't know if that comes yeah. to, you know, trying yeah, I, I what, know. what he felt he needed to do in those games. Right. I don't know how that manifested itself, but that could be very true. But he's a different guy right now. Totally. I mean, he is being much more aggressive and doing the things that this team needed him to do from the very beginning. Right. And that was the thing that I noticed is that he wasn't doing it early in the year for whatever reason. Right. I thought it was interesting this year. Altman made more comments and I watch all of the interviews right. and all that. And when he's really frustrated, he's still very calm and doesn't really say much and always takes responsibility. You know, we haven't, we haven't coached him well enough. You know, we haven't done this. We haven't done that. But he was just bordering on these guys don't listen. You know, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know what I need to do, but yeah. they're just not listening to what we're telling them. And, and you know, it, it goes to, you know, energy. Right. You know, you have to have energy in Altman's defense. And he shows the st statistics that, you know, the, the games that we let get away and teams are shooting 60% from the floor. And he's looking at it and he's saying, okay, well, you know, here's the stats from all year. Contested shots against us, teams are shooting... 15 to 17%. Right. Because so our, our length is our, ridiculous. Our length, yeah. We, we start Peyton Pritchard at six, three and a half. Yeah. And four guys at six, nine. Yeah. But, 
you know, Alma's trying to tell these guys, you have to contest shots. You've got to have energy. You can't just take a jab step at a guy and throw your arm up in the air and think that's a contested shot. Right. So, okay. So, you know, after the UCLA game, then all of a sudden it's like the light switch went on yeah. and they started communicating. It was against and, the and Arizona help. schools, right? Was that the right. beginning of it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was Arizona State and Arizona here. Yeah. Here, Eugene. Yeah. At home. And they blew them both out. Right. You know, by 28 and 29 Wasn't even points. close, yeah. You know, then they went to the Washington schools, beat Washington State, they blew them out. Then Washington and uh, blew them out in Seattle. Right, which was the second time I think we had played them. The first time they had beaten them, right? Washington had won it in yeah, Eugene. in Eugene. And then, you know, of course, you know, the Pac-12 tournament, you know, that we're the sixth seed, so we have right. to play four games. You got to play the first day, which is always tough. Right. Oh, it's... It's brutal. It's incredibly difficult. But all of a sudden, the team, it's like they figured it out. And this was the team that was expected to win the Pac-12. Right. You know, there's I, there's multiple factors. And, I, you know, we talked a little bit about Lewis King and, and the way that he has come on near the end of the season and, and what he's meant to it. But obviously, Kenny Wooten is such a big factor for this team and his interior defense. Seven blocks last game. Nine blocks or or I think it was 11 blocks, sorry, 11 blocks in this first two games in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, I think his his interior defense with the combination of uh, Amin, Ehab Amin, who is someone that, you know, the graduate transfer that came over who was on an injury his last year and before the year before that he led the league in 3.6 steals. And when I first saw him this year... Yeah, he led the nation. The nation, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, when I first saw him this year, I did not, I did not see that guy. I didn't think I didn't get it. You know, I mean, I saw him being aggressive, but I just didn't see the results and, and his offensive game was unorthodox. But once his defense started clicking, you started seeing his more confident in his offensive game later in the year. But he is uh, crazy where he's just everywhere. You know, I almost relate him a little bit and not, he's not the same position, but, uh, Kazemi. Arsalan Kazemi. Right. Kazemi had great hands. Yeah. Kazemi could reach in and, and tip the ball away and not touch you. It just it had to be infuriating. It was so because fun to watch. All of a sudden, you're, the ball's just gone. Right. You know, you're pretty sure you've got it and you're making some move or something and, the, and then it's gone. I just, you know, I just kind of related a little bit to that, to the fact that they're just the effort that they put forth on that side of the, of the, of the ball. Um, and, and, you know, having the length we do with those specialists there in those positions, it's a special defense and it's a lot of fun to watch. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I mean, it's an incredible run, okay. You know, we're 10 games in a row now. The only way we get in the NCAA tournament, uh, is to win the PAC 12. Right. Tournament. And that's four games and four nights. It's beating the top three seeds. You know, we had to beat number three, number two, and number one seed. Nobody had ever done that before. And the, 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 what I look at, and I've always looked at with, with Altman's teams. Yeah. Altman's teams are always in shape. Yeah. The conditioning. The conditioning is always there. You know, it's never our team getting tired. No. And that goes back to the, all the years Altman's been there. I agree with that 100%. You know, you just, these guys seem to be able to run forever. It always seemed like Dylan Brooks just had an unlimited resource of energy. Yeah. You know, and Bell and, and, you know, God, you can go back through all the guys that have played, you know, Cook and. Yeah. 
and uh, you know all the the different teams that he's had, and he, he's just he he scrabbles these teams together, and just it's it's kind of amazing what he brings out in players. Yeah, but the you know the factors are always the same. You know we're going to do what we're what we do, and you know with that, it's communication, it's being in great shape, and you know that they were able to to win the Pac-12 tournament and get in. Now, because of that, they're a 12 seed. Yeah. And which it, could be almost looked at as a advantage in some eyes. Well, yes, it can because fives notoriously are the teams that kind of overachieve during the year and maybe aren't playing that well. Right. They've fallen a little bit. Right. And Wisconsin just had to go crazy when they saw the draw. Oh, yeah. Because Oregon, there's no way Oregon's a 12 seed. You know, there's just too much talent there. Right. They never had a chance. You know, they got blown. And then we got lucky because Kansas State's star got hurt. So, you know, uh, University of California, Irvine played the number four seed at that point and beat them, Kansas State. Right. We had a reasonable and fairly easy path to where we are. Right. And a lot of people have said that that is, you know, whether we haven't proven ourselves and that you shouldn't give us too much credit for where we are right now because of that. No, absolutely not. But then again, we won both games by 20. Right. We did you know, them so in it, the style that you should. Yeah. If you're a legitimate I mean, team and a legitimate contender. You look at those 10 games and all the way through all of them. I mean, there was never a close game. Right. I mean, I, yes. I think that it, the last game against UC Irvine, there was a moment where I was scared at the beginning of the second half where we went 10 minutes without scoring and they brought it back and tied it with us. Yeah. Well, you they know, took the lead. They went... They went up by one. Right. Which, I mean, isn't much, you know, and you would think that if we didn't score for 10 minutes and we're only down by one, then you know what? I think we're going to win that game. But, which we did, obviously, by quite a margin. Um, but I think that it's, uh, that was the moment that I, I was a little bit frightened with what was going on. And I think that's something we cannot do tonight. Oh, no, no. Against Virginia. No, no more. We can't have any lulls. Yeah. There's nothing we can, we can't make any mistakes moving forward. In any game in this tournament, you know, uh, the yeah, you're sweet are sixteen. So you know, uh, the hundreds of of college basketball teams in the nation, there's sixteen still playing. Right. You know, I mean, it's it's two games now to find out about the final four. Right. Man, now, that's crazy. You know, again, I believe the Ducks have the talent. I think the biggest thing is is confidence. Right. Is playing hard. You know, not questioning yourself. Well, you know, just see what what they can do. It, that's a bizarre thing about sports. Yeah. Is you never know what the psyche is of the team. We can sit here and talk about it all day long, about what we think and what we see. Right. We're like, well, they've won 10 games straight. Of course, their confidence level is high, but you don't know that. Right. You know, if all of a sudden somebody's, you know, their shot doesn't go in and now they start questioning themselves, it's a, it's a game of momentum. But what that, that UC Irvine, you know, coming back and, and taking a one-point lead, what that showed me is... There's no panic in this team. Yeah. You know, when you play, you see Irvine. Okay, maybe you think you can beat him. So you can flip the switch and go. Right. When you're playing Virginia. And you go down one, it's maybe a more sinking feeling in your stomach. It's different. Yeah. So it'll be interesting tonight to see how they do. Uh, I feel that that this season, it's not successful in that things didn't work out the way that that they should have. But I think that what you're talking about with the injuries you know, and how devastating they are. I think it is successful with the way they turned it around 
and getting to a sweet 16, but you know, how much, you know, what can they do? How far can they go? That would be interesting. No, I totally agree. I'm, I'm really excited to see how far they can take this streak, um, where they can go. Like I said, you know, they have just few, you know, few mistakes they can make moving forward. Um, I think the game tonight against Virginia is something, you know, just looking at the matchup, looking at what Virginia brings. They are very efficient on the offensive and defensive end, defensive more than offensive. Um, but they kind of do a similar thing that we do. You know, they, they'll, they'll shut down that, that defensive side with just a, a suffocating defense. They don't have the length we do, but they have the, the, the scheme that will suffocate you. Um, and then on the offensive side, you know, just trying to shoot threes, you know, and trying to move, move the ball around and find the open shots. And um, it's something that with our length that we've done pretty well against. And I think that, you know, all the talking heads and everyone on TV are saying because of those things, you know, it could make it a very interesting matchup and something that Oregon has a good chance of, you know, making a move well, and winning the game. I, I think we can win, whether we do or not. Yeah. You know, I felt very confident against UC Irvine. Right. I felt very confident against Wisconsin. Right. But honestly, now, you know, looking at, at Virginia and the whole ACC, you know, aura of, oh, my God, you know, are these the greatest teams ever to play basketball? Well, no, they're not. Right. You know, Virginia almost lost their first game. They lost the first game last year. The only 60, one seed to lose to a 16 right. in history. Yeah. They almost lost this year. Uh, Duke it should have lost yep. to uh, UCF, yeah, Central Florida. And, you know, they really should have lost that game. I mean, a guy had a tip-in right at the rim. Oh, there were two tip-ins that yeah. almost went in. The first shot and the, the second one was just the right in, there. Yeah. The guy probably makes that, you know, 99 times out of 100. Yeah. No, it's 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 almost it's anyone's game. It really is. I think that's what's exciting. Obviously, that you know, people say that Duke is the best team because of the players that they have and, and the star power. Um, but there are a lot of teams that have stars. Texas Tech has... Um, their shooting guard Culver, who is a top five, top 10 pick, you know, who can take over games. Um, you know, so I, 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 Tennessee, Purdue playing right now, they had a couple of star guys that I thought are definitely going to go into the league. So it's a lot of talent and it should be a very interesting, uh, rest of the tournament, I think. Yeah. And hopefully the ducks can continue on because it is fun to be in it. Absolutely. The great thing about making it to the Sweet 16 is you get that week where you're still in it. Right. You know, it's you win your first two games and, you know, winning your first game and then two days later, you know, or a day later, day and a half later, you play again and you lose. It's like you never really got a chance to revel in it. Right. You win those first two and now all of a sudden, okay. You have like a week of like. You got a week of being. We're in it. Of being in it. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, we'll, we'll see tonight. It, it'll be fun. It, it's so difficult to watch these games. Yeah. Because I'm just not that guy that sits there quietly as much as I try to, <laughs> to not, you know, frustrate my sons with being too vocal or, or being too animated. It's just hard for me because well, I just feel that way. I want them to win guys. so much. You know? We're competitive guys. So we'll see, you know, hopefully. But it's exciting. Now the Blazers. Yeah, the other side of that. The Blazers, they're, you know, the, right now I think this is this is a, a bittersweet feeling for the Blazers um, 
for us and in, in this podcast. I might get emotional at one point in time or another, but we we've been doing really well. We're third in the West of a, of a stacked West. Um, you know, oh, yeah. and yeah. we have, crazy West, right? Uh, and we have, you know, uh, right now two of our best players. You now we have obviously Damon Lillard still there, but you know, our, our two and our three um, best players are out. And yeah, we're still winning games. Um, obviously, not against very talented teams, but um, well, you know, okay, CJ's out. You know, he hurt his knee. Okay, he, but he'll be back. He'll be back in about four more games. I think they're just playing it very cautious. You know, eighty-two game season—that's a lot of games, right? You know, so there's just no reason to try to rush him back or or get him out there. I think it'd be different if Seth Curry maybe wasn't playing the way he is too, and the rest of the team playing as well as they are. Well, yes and no. Right. You know, you still don't want to rush him back because it does no. no good to have him come back and play three quarters of a game and then, you know, miss another week Be out and a half. for the playoffs, yeah. So you really, there's no, it, it makes no sense. You know, if you're going for the number eight spot. Maybe. Okay. Go all out. But even at that. You don't want to risk your team's health. Well, yeah, and you're going to play the number one team. Right. So, yeah, I, I think that what I'm impressed with and... I've liked O'Shea and hated O'Shea and liked O'Shea over the years. You know, I think he's done some dumb stuff and I think he's done some good things. Yeah. But I think this year, seriously, he, he has to be in contention for, you know, the uh, executive of the year. Yeah. Because signing, you know, Nurkic, uh, locking him down, but then also going and get Cantor. You know, getting Curry at the start of the year. I was going to say it started with getting Curry. Now, obviously, and Nick Stauskas. Stauskas was a big part of that as well at the beginning, and he helped us then. Right, for a few games. But, you know, they realized that, you know, that they could do, we could do better. Right, which you know? they did. Right. When getting Hood. Right. Hood, I really like his game. I think that he's a compliment to, to Lillard. He's a compliment to the rest of the team. He's very athletic. He can jump out of the gym. I don't know if you saw the alley-oop the other night. I didn't. I don't think so. Oh, I mean, it's Kenny Wooten stuff. I mean, his head, his eyes were right at the rim and he reached over and he didn't slam it. He just reached over fingertips and just let it drop. You know, one thing with hood that I was a little bit concerned about with getting him and, and something that, you know, when he was in Utah and they were not very good before they had Donovan Mitchell, you know, he was pretty good, but he wasn't great. Um, and I feel like there was a lot on his shoulders. He was like their number one or two scorer at the time. And then going to Cleveland, it's the same thing. They didn't have anyone to step up. They didn't have, I mean, other than when they had obviously LeBron James and he was there with them, but he had some issues with that team and the chemistry. But when he left and, and before he was traded to the Blazers this year, he had a hard time because... I think the, the weight was just too much for him. I don't think he's that star player. He's an amazing role player. And I and at first I was a little afraid that maybe he would make bad decisions coming onto our team and maybe try to do too much. But I'm really excited to say that he is making great decisions. And I love the compliment that he is to the team and, and how much he picks his spots to attack. Right. He's not... Yeah, I don't feel he's the guy that, that is all of a sudden going to take over a game. Now he can put up 38, 40, 45 points in a game. Right. I mean, he, he, he's, when he gets hot, he's very athletic, making shots. He can drive in, you know, in the lane. He's got a great mid range shot. You know, I don't, I don't care who it is. There's, there's only a handful of players, I think, in the league that honestly can just take over whenever they want. Yeah. And everybody else are basketball players. 
You know, everybody else has a role. Yeah. You know, I think with, with Jake Lehman and, and with Aminu and Harkless and Hood, now all of a sudden we've got those six, seven to six, nine long, good defenders that can spot up and shoot that are athletic and can run. All four of them can play defense. Yeah, exactly. You know, they can all, that's what I'm saying. They're long. Right. But they can also, you know, play guards. Yeah. And so, you know, now the depth of the team and what they bring in and everybody from, you go back to Nurkic when, when he first came and Cantor said the same thing and Huda said the same thing. It just, the locker room, the, the fans, the city, the way that they're embraced, it's, it's just a great feeling. Yeah. Because not every place is like that. Yeah, the, the, the fans are exactly what um, I think is the selling point to, to, for coming to Portland. Um, it's obviously not a big market city, you know, uh, and it's, I mean, it's getting bigger, but it's something that um, for years people have talked about Rip City and, and what that means and how important that is. And um, I think that it's exciting for me as a fan. I mean, even if our team wasn't, amazing. I mean, it's been a long time since we've you know won a championship or been to a finals, but yet I'm still super proud of being a Blazer. And I think part of that is the camaraderie of the Blazer fans and knowing how strong that, that family is. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like, you know, a lot of places, you know, take the Suns, for example. Okay. Suns fans. Well, let's see, you know, let's see how they do. Oh, well, they're kind of in it now this year. They're not, they're horrible. Right. You know, it's it's a wait and see fan in Arizona. You know, the Diamondbacks are the same way. Yeah, I feel like Arizona is such a melting pot of, of people and then of cultures and of you know coming from all over the places to get away from rain and different. You know, they want to be the sunshine or sunny state, and yeah. um, and but, I feel like that's it's hard for everyone. They're not homers, you know, but there are there's plenty of homers here for them to actually make an impact on that too. Right. So that's not an excuse. No, it's it's one that's used all the time. Yeah. Uh, yes, you have a lot of, of people from Chicago that are Chicago fans. So, you know, and, and people from LA, so they're, they're LA fans and, and that kind of stuff. But still, you know, you look at the size of Portland, you know, an arena holds, you know, anywhere from, you know, 12 to 16,000 people. Yeah. What is Phoenix? 8 million? (laughs) Something crazy like that. You know, you would think that you could find, you know, 12 or 13,000 people that would want to show up and you know, root for their team. I mean, you see people, if they win, yeah. and whichever team it is, if they win, all of a sudden, you know, the, the jerseys are everywhere. Right, the hats but and the shirts, it's, yeah. it's that whole thing of wait and see. You know, if, if the team's good, you know, maybe we'll root for them. Maybe we'll buy the stuff. Portland has always been, you know, and, and it's a different situation because the, the Trailblazers... It's the only professional team up there. They have the Timbers now, yeah, you know, which is now. successful, but... Still, you know, there, there's no football, there's no baseball, there's, there's just the Blazers. Right. So, you know, and, just a, and everybody that's, that's played there, there's a lot of ex-players that still have homes. Right. You know, but I guess that's not as big a deal as it used to be because now, you know, if you're an NBA player, you can have a half dozen homes. So. Right, you have a home in every, every city that you ever lived in. You ever played in, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so now we get to what happened the other night. Oh, uh, you know, and, and the team is playing really well. And I, th- I see a combination of things. I see that, that people know their roles and I've always been big on that and pushed it. You, yeah. Huge. And I, the, yeah, the biggest thing I see is Damian Lillard's 
idea of trusting his teammates and getting assists. Yeah. Damian Lillard for years would average close to 30 points a game and two assists a game. Yeah. And if your point guard's doing that, you know what? You, you're not going to win a game with 28 points. I don't know if it was two. It might have been four, but it it's was not a very lot. Very small. But it's not a lot. It's very small. You need it more to be closer to a, a six, an eight, you know, assists per game. And, and he's never been that pass first guard, which is what was, you know, something I think that they, they brought to attention and why everyone's been so gung-ho on that McCollum and C- and uh, and Lillard can't play together is the fact that both of them are can be shoot first guards um, and 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 you know need the ball but uh, to score but Lillard has yeah he's he's flipped a switch and and made it so that he can he's shown the world that he wants this team to go somewhere and you know he well, knows he needs them and, and I really think that that's He's picking his spots, but he's realizing that he has to get everybody involved. Yeah. And that's a trust issue with, with the rest of his teammates. Totally. You know, if you're the guy passing the ball and you, you consider yourself a great scorer and you pass it to somebody that misses a shot, you have to continue to pass him the ball. Right. You have to continue to get him involved. And I, I think that, that a lot of that comes down to the bench. Is what's happening when you're not on the, on the court? If he's on the court and that's the only time that they're in the positive or that they're gaining anything, that's the part where you stop trusting in your team. It's when you can sit down and you can have a couple minutes and, you know, Seth Curry or Evan Turner can run the point and, you know, the flow of the offense is still there, you know, uh, and, we're, and we're able to stay in games or even build on leads. I think those are the things that we've seen this year that have probably helped gain that confidence and gain that trust. In the, in the team. I think that it starts from there at least. Yeah, no, that, that's obviously a big part of it. But I think you just have to do it. Yeah. You, you have to... It's just a decision you have to make. Exactly, because what happens if he's just bouncing the ball? And you've watched the games just like I have. Mm-hmm. And the games where he and CJ, three or four trips down the floor, they're, just, they're, they're bouncing the ball, bouncing the ball, bouncing the ball, making a move, and then taking a tough shot. And everybody's standing around. Yeah. Okay, so now what? Um, well, I pass it to you if you were moving. Well, I'm, I'm not moving because you're just out there bouncing the ball. Right. You know, so it's chicken and egg kind of thing. Exactly. You know, is it the guy's moving that gets the, him to pass or is it him passing that gets them to start moving and being involved? Right. Well, I think it's, it's, it's having structure within your offense where you have movement, you know, where you can, whether it's the ball carrier is getting a screen and they're moving which is creating for the team or it's vice versa, you know, the other people moving off the ball, you know, but there has to be some sort of scheme or structure to have that. And that's, what's I think frustrating for me watching that at times, not seeing the structure and just seeing them going one-on-one and attacking what is happening. What, why is the, what is the plan? Is Stotts just saying to do that? Or is that, well, Stotts said that he has a free flow offense. He does. So they don't run a lot of, of sets. No, you know they have some, but not that much. It, that's not his his offense. He likes the free flow offense, right? But it's making that extra pass, you know, making you know that extra move, doing the things that make teams scramble, you yeah. know. And I just love the way that they're playing, you know. And there's there's so much depth on the team now with Hood coming in and and the way Curry's playing and and all that. But then the the horrendous situation with Nur, you know, with Nurkic, with the compound fracture of his leg, which is, 
Yeah, the first time we're saying that now. This is the Nurkic has now been injured. Well, yeah, beyond injured. He is. He has been. Yeah, he had one of those. You know, his foot's going the wrong way. Yeah, his injuries. Yeah, his leg. His leg was basically snapped in half and folded behind him. To put it not very so delicately. Luckily, they did. You know, uh, when they did the surgery, had said that there was no nerve or muscle damage. Right. It's just a compound fracture. So his fibia and, and tibia were both broken. Um, obviously, he's out for the year. Yeah. But they don't feel that there's going to be any lasting uh, effects of this. You know, but now we're we're in a situation where now it, it challenges our depth. It's a huge blow to the team. I mean, you know, it, Nurkic is playing as good as any center in the league. It really was. And it's not just on one side. I mean, again, it's, it's both sides. And then they, you know, you see... Um, I would, you know, put him up there with, with Jokic, with DeMarcus Cousins when he's healthy, you know, and Anthony Davis, people that can really truly affect the game on, uh, you know, on that defensive side and offensive. Yeah. So, you know, honestly, it's a, a horrible injury. And, you know, again, we're looking at our two teams. Yeah. And we're doing what ifs again, because if Bowl Bowl was playing, right, uh, this Oregon team would be totally different. I think, yeah. And, you know, he will not play for Oregon again with Nurkic now out for the year. Now, again, you know, since we have picked up some players and we do have Collins and we do have uh, Myers Leonard, Myers Leonard. And, you know, so we have height, you know, we have length, we have people that can play. They have to step up. I agree. So it'll be interesting to see you know, how that goes. And as the, you know, the Ducks, if, if, if anything we can take from this year in basketball and what's going on and, and shedding some light on this Blazer situation and what's happening is exactly what happened through the Ducks this year and the injury that they, you know, with Bobo, and I think that's what you were just saying and, and what they've gone through, you know, what, you know, there's, there's a really good chance or, I mean, there's still a chance that we can make a run and that we can yeah. do the unexpected and that we can show people that it's not just one player that makes a team. No, you're not going to win a, a championship with this one player. So it'll, you know, it, it'll be fun to watch. Now I sent you a, a link to an article. Yes. Did you read that? No. Yeah. I sent it to you and Zach, neither one of you read it, but it I was, read the title. Yeah. And, 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 uh, so part of that, I had already mentioned that day that, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's our blazer curse. Well, and I know that's that why that was, I wanted you to read that because that's, talking more about it. Right. It's saying that there isn't right. You know, it's saying that that that's not what happened here. Yeah. You know, um, you know, the, the history of, you know, going back to, uh, Bowie, Sam Bowie, who was drafted ahead of Michael Jordan, right. Bill Walton, you know, of course, Brandon Roy, Greg Oden, Greg Oden, all of these different people and things that happened. But what I liked about that article, and I'm not a fan of that writer. He writes for the Oregonian. Yeah, Kazano. And he loves to blast the ducks. He does. But what he talked about is that it's, it's not a curse. And the way that all the, the players embraced Nurkic and the, the camaraderie on the team and it, it just took a different look at it than what you would expect of just saying, well, here we go again. Yeah. Because as you said earlier, you know, injuries are part of sports. Yeah. They can happen at any time. You know, some of them, 
are are worse than others because in in the case of, of Brandon Roy in the case of Greg Oden, they were career ending. Right. And these guys could not, you know, fulfill their you know, their destiny of being the kind of players that they were on a path to being. But, you know, it just it's it's fun when your team is there. Yeah. It's fun when your team is playing well and playing together. I would much rather have a team that is a bunch of good guys trying really hard and playing together and playing for each other than I would a, a LeBron James team that has the, the best player. Yeah. And a He's bunch of guys. That, reason that we're you know, winning. Yeah. You know, that you don't have everybody fighting for each other. Now, not to say that LeBron James teams, you know, they didn't fight for each other, but it was kind of a mercenary crew. Yeah. You know, every place that he went. And I think that this year that blew up in his face because, you know, they wanted Anthony Davis. So, okay, hey, I'll trade all these young guys that are my teammates. You know, let's, let's, I'll give you all of them for Anthony Davis. Yeah. How does that make all these kids feel? Exactly. You know, just kind of snotty, kind of bad. It's a weird situation. And, uh, you know, looking at, you know, the Nurkic situation with the Blazers, with the injury and what's happening, I think that, in today's, you know, world with the medicine that we have and, you know, all the procedures and, and recovery uh, uh, techniques that, you know, looking at a player like Paul George, who had a very similar injury uh, a couple years ago, you know, three, four years ago or so. Um, and, you know, what he's able to put, to have done coming back from that injury. Yeah. And now this year being an MVP candidate. You yeah. know, and even in, in well, bringing his game to a whole new level than he had in, in the past, I think is, is something in a testament to saying that, you know, this doesn't mean, you know, really much for Nurkic other than his season is done. Right. And, and the hard thing is once you get hurt, you know, once you jump and land and your leg, you know, breaks. Yeah, buckles. Getting over that. Yeah, being able to jump back on that leg. Right. You know, and not being terrified of anything around your feet. Mm. You know, so we've got that going. It'll be fun to watch, you know, the rest of the, the Blazer season and then the playoffs. Uh, also next week, uh, Ducks are back in, with spring football practice. Oh, yeah, nice. So we've got that going on. That's super exciting. That's going to be a podcast soon. And, you know, that's, that's exciting. That's fun. You know, I think there's a lot of really good things happening and a lot of really th good things going on with, with Oregon football. Have the preseason polls came out? Do we know what rank the Ducks are moving in? Oh, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's come out yet. I don't, yeah, I don't pay any attention to those because it's, there's so much speculation. Yeah. There's so many mock drafts and mock this and, and the, the way too early. You know, they come out with a, a top 25 the day after the national championship game. Yeah. You know, I don't, those are just too frustrating for me to look at. I, well, I mean, I don't, I don't care. If it, let me, let me, let me say this, the duck basketball team, they're in the sweet 16. So they're in the top 16 teams in the nation, right? Yeah. They came into the league or into the season ranked 14th. Yeah. So, I mean, they are one of the best. And an hour teams. later, they weren't in the, in the ratings <laughs> and they never got back in the ratings. They really didn't. Not at all. So, but, but yeah, you know, I mean, you have. You have that, and then, you know, the end of, of next month, you have the NFL draft. Right. And the 49ers are in really good position. They've picked up some players. And we have the second pick in the draft. And we have the second pick in the draft, and then high, second, and third, fourth, all the way down picks. Yeah. So we have, we're set to really make our team better, substantially better. But then also, 
we've done some good things in free agencies and with and with trades. Right. Yep. We get uh, our quarterback back. Yeah. So you know he's healthy again, and it, it's exciting. I you know, it's still a long way until football season. Right. But you, this time of year, you get a little taste of it. You exactly. know, because you get you know the draft, you get spring football in the spring game. You get a chance to see some of the some of the guys. You get an idea of what your team's going to be like a little bit. You know, you get the full picture of the players you're going to have moving into the season. Again, a little picture and look at what they're going to do. Right. You get, you know, some some articles to read. Yeah, exactly. That's fun. And uh, here in a couple weeks, we got the Masters. Ooh. You know, so, you know, they've rearranged. Yeah, they've rearranged the the scheduling now where it's the Masters and I believe the PGA is second. And then the U.S. Open and then the British Open. The PGA used to be late in the year. The last one, right? So they moved it up. So they're all really fairly close together. It's only, you know, three months, I think, and they play all four, or three and a half months they play all four. Hmm. Well, that's kind of exciting if you're a golfer and you yeah. like those tournaments. I mean, it, you know, having to space them out so much throughout the year, I'm sure it's just... Yeah, it's just, it's just different. I'm right. not quite sure why they did it, but they did it. Cool. Nice. So, yeah, there's, there's just a lot of things going on. I mean, plus in, in Arizona, where we are right now, the weather is becoming beautiful. Really nice outside. Not too hot, not too cold. Yeah. Nice spring weather. No, it's great. So it's fun being a sports fan. It's, it's fun when your teams do well. At times, it's, it's really difficult when your teams do well. Yeah. You know, because you want it so much, you know. <laughs> yeah, it makes you something know. like this injury to Nurkic hurt so much more than if it, you yeah, know, we weren't really it, there. It just, you know, they were there. And you had Charles Barkley and, and Kenny Smith both, you know, and they're the color commentators and, and analysts and everything for TNT. They're picking the Blazers to go to the finals. Right. I mean, we're, you know, we're people, are, people are looking at this, you know, saying, hey, this team is really good and playing really well. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, now it's going to be a scramble. Right. Now it's a what if, maybe, you know, a question mark. So... It'll be interesting. But anyway, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We're going to get ready for uh, the game. Yep. Which is on here in about a half hour. So we'll get a chance to put our stuff away and get our stuff on and be ready to go. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully we'll uh, be talking to you guys soon about our Oregon victory and uh, moving forward in the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. You know, talking about making it to the final four. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys want, there's going to be more perspectives later. Go Ducks. Go Ducks. to remind ourselves to keep you humble. And if my brother should fall, our sister's half a stumble. Pick you back up, life's a mile speed, a sore spot. We're still just trying to figure it out. Before I dead and gone, I want to be known as one of the good ones. One of the good ones. Auto.
love the world and truly love Pray for a difficult life To live and rise above it This is the time I'm at So let's be tasted So let's do everything we can Before I Be 